The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to Season 3 of The Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. I'm excited to introduce part one of a special three-part series about how reimagining the digital workplace presents a unique opportunity for organizations to transform the employee experience. This series is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Service Delivery Executive at Tech Systems, Dennis Temple, and DWS Practice Architect, Tim Pomerlew. Dennis, uh, first, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and what you do at Tech Systems? Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. So I've been with uh, Tech Systems for a little over 20 years now, uh, all in our Tech Systems Global Services uh, workplace uh, services practice. We uh, handle a a full stack of uh, workplace services uh, for the infrastructure environment, uh, everything from service desk to automation, uh, desktop support, um, desktop engineering, and collaboration and productivity. Wonderful. And what about you, Tim? I'm a practice architect, like you said, and I've been with Tech Systems about five years now. I think I'm coming up on five years. Um, And and what I focus on is everything on the end-user compute space. So um, application compatibility and testing, deployment, automation, the the entire end-user computing stack from engineering to deployment and actually getting work done is kind of what I focus on. And I've been doing this for a little over 20 years now. Well, I'm looking forward to talking with both of you here. Um, why don't we'll get started? Um, let's let's talk about this notion of the consumer uh, consumerization of IT. Uh, this idea has been around for a few years, but how are um, companies reacting to this trend? And um, especially where employee expectations are changing in terms of the technology they use for work. Increasingly, business users are expecting the same experience in their IT work environments that they enjoy as consumers. So that manifests itself in the in, in the you know desire to have an app store, right, for any applications that they might need for work. Uh, cloud-based content, so they have instant access to all of their pictures and contacts. Um, collaboration, uh, you know, access to email, social media, those types of things that people are using in their personal lives, um, they want to be able to have the same type of uh, access and experience uh, with their uh, work uh, IT environment. Um, And with the acceleration of remote users, um, 
we've kind of, it's really created this mobile workforce um, that's that's working non-standard business hours, um, and it's really kind of requiring an on-demand uh, work mentality where uh, users are working anywhere, anytime, any device. We we find that most companies uh, have reacted out of necessity over the past few years to create IT environments that really kind of meet the minimum expectations uh, of their users. So those user experiences uh, in IT environments are are varying widely, kind of based on the the maturity level of IT processes and tools and uh, security. Uh, So maybe not all applications are available. Maybe not all data is accessible. Uh, Maybe not all devices are accepted. And then you take into consideration security and, uh, at, you know, there's there's a whole level of compliance at a uh, business and corporate level uh, for security um, than we may have for some of our personal data. What we've seen from our clients is that business as usual and some more and supporting this this larger remote workforce over the last few years is really consuming the bandwidth of, of their IT staff. Um, so they really have little time for enhancements and a focus on the user experience. And that's where we find that uh, that our clients are looking for partners like Tech Systems to come in and help alleviate some of those bandwidth constraints and help them really evolve and mature their environments. Yeah. And along those lines, uh, you know, these days, in addition to the things that, that you just mentioned, Dennis, um, you know, every company seems to be in a state of enabling employees to do everything from everywhere or anywhere, really. Um, can you talk a bit about how an organization gets to that point? Um, there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes to make that possible. Um, some of the things you already mentioned even, but, uh, you know, where, where should they start? Yeah, Greg, that, that's a really good question. I think um, where a lot of organizations struggle and, and a lot of ones that we talk to all the time is understanding that you can't take it piece by piece. All of IT is interconnected. Um, So just focusing on the endpoint and that consumerization from an endpoint standpoint can be a little bit challenging. Um, This is where we bring in and we talk to customers and and our clients about modern endpoint management, um, optimizing all of IT toward the goal of that consumerized endpoint. We take the approach of automation and standardization to reduce costs, increase productivity, and improve the end user experience. By, by understanding what I like to think of as, as three pretty, pretty big concepts, people, process, and technology. You know, when you integrate people with technology, you enable innovation. When you integrate technology with process, you enable automation. And when you enable or integrate process with people, you, you enable scalability. Um, all three of those things together Innovation, automation, and scalability are what we're really driving for. And there's several different areas of an IT organization that lead into that, right? What types of processes and procedures they have in place? What is their organizational change management? How are they doing things? And why are they doing these things? Um, But most organizations will tend to focus on a couple of engineering or deployment or application um, areas. And I think those are decent places to start, but I think a better place to start would be look at why you're doing what you're doing and how you're doing that from an organizational standpoint. Um, and, and I like to think of this in terms of 
if you have a leaky faucet, don't spend your time trying to get a cheaper, fancier bucket. You know, understand where that leak is coming from. Understand what is causing the pain in the organization and then fix that leak. Yeah. And so to, to build on that, um, beyond getting started and, and prioritizing and, and things like that, what are some of the pain points or challenges that companies need to overcome as they continue this, this process? Greg, uh, some of the most common uh, pain points that we see with our clients are our end user dissatisfaction, excessive support cost, and really a, a resistance to change. Um, so uh, in, end users who are expecting that consumer experience, right, that aren't quite getting that from their work environments, maybe uh, e- extensive support cost in supporting that ever-growing community of, re- of remote users, um, which are taxing a lot of IT organizations these, these days. And then uh, a resistance to change by sometimes by the IT staff, right, that has all, always kind of done things a certain way and now needs to adapt. So those are, th- are three uh, of the key pain points. Um, some of the challenges that, that we're experiencing uh, with our clients is new user provisioning. Right, you you don't have large groups of people in single locations anymore, so that is uh, creating a much more difficult uh, provisioning exercise. Microsoft updates continue to be a challenge as they're being uh, pushed out and devices uh, are being upgraded. Remote systems management is an issue for a lot of our clients. Asset management, right, due to the uh, logistics of of the workforce now. And then, of course, uh, excessive support tickets, um, again, driving a lot of those support costs and a, a lot more customized support for end users. We, we've been able to, to really uh, partner with our clients uh, to kind of bring some of our expertise to the table, let our clients see the, the art of the possible, uh, maybe what other uh, some of their uh, peers or competitors may be doing. We're able to provide really a focus on enhancement rather than that focus on business as usual uh, to provide a little more bandwidth. Um, and then we're able to come along beside our clients and help them kind of optimize that support uh, through different automations and standardizations uh, that can make their support a little simpler. One thing I'd like to add real quick is really a shift from reactionary processes to proactive processes. That is kind of a big driver to where a lot of organizations are today. You know, they're reacting to the need to make a lot of people or allow a lot of people to work remote. So everything they're doing is very reactionary and it's not may not be fully thought out from uh, an organizational big change standpoint. And so looking at this from the client perspective, even a a very large organization, let alone a a smaller or midsize org, um, can't do all of this on their own, regardless of the size of their teams and, and, and things like that. What should they think about in terms of vendors and partners that they work with? In other words, uh, what expectations should I have as a client for the various vendors and partners I work with? Yeah, Greg, I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, each IT environment is has its own set of unique requirements, its own set of, uh, of unique problems, and it's its own maturity level, right? Um, so I, I think what's most important when you look at a partner is finding someone that will come at, come in and kind of meet you where you are in your maturity journey. 
what what we what tech systems likes to do with our clients is is we identify low cost big value targets so that we can generate some really big wins for our IT staffs and for our end users um, to be able to to really drive value uh, very quickly. Um, but to Tim's point earlier, viewing things more in a holistic uh, standpoint, it's really important to kind of map out that multi-phase roadmap uh, to really automate and optimize your IT environment, drive some of those cost reductions, um, and really get your end user experience uh, you know, up to the level that your users are, are, are expecting. Um, so oftentimes, uh, that means uh, helping our clients uh, justify budget allocation and then helping them calculate uh, their return on investment uh, for those investments. That, that holistic picture of building out the roadmap, getting some early quick wins, and then helping our clients mature to the level that they want to be at is really our focus. And I think that would, that's going to drive value within an organization. I'd also like to point out that if, as you're looking at partners, there is no one-stop shop where, where one partner, one vendor can do everything anymore. So I would suggest evaluating strategic partnerships that uh, your, your partner has, your vendor has. Um, for example, uh, Tech Systems has partnered with a uh, company that specializes in VMware. We partner up with an expert in that, uh, in that space, uh, a VMware master services competency is maintained by our partner, um, and we pull them in uh, whenever we need VMware support. To go back to the point about return on investment, let's, let's dig mm-hmm. into that a little bit more. If a company does it right, what can they expect from an ROI perspective or from an outcomes perspective? We've uh, accessed a uh, Forrester study um, that showed roughly uh, 108% ROI over a 13-month period. Um, We have seen um, maybe smaller investments that uh, returned an an ROI of 100% in as little as six months. In your larger, uh, more detailed, multi-year uh, type of, of roadmaps and, and uh, strategy. You know, in those cases, we're looking at probably 100% over a two to three year period. But in, in the long run, if we focus on those early quick wins, right, we can show a really aggressive ROI. And then obviously, there are going to be bigger tasks, right, that, that are going to take more effort to accomplish over a longer period of time. And then that, that tends to extend your ROI. It's, it's really, really trying to balance out your, your total cost of ownership and your ROI, considering capital expenses, OPEXs, and really kind of getting a focus on your, on your business to help prioritize and, and drive those, those investments over a period of time. With larger organizations, the, some of the challenges you have different teams using different applications, even within teams, you have, you have different people using different things, having different preferences, all of that. It's, you know, it's never uniform throughout. Um, looking in the future, do you see a day when there is more consolidation around these tools or is fragmentation really the name of the game for the, you know, for the next five, 10 years, let's say? 
that's a good question. It's one that I, I talk with a lot with a lot of our clients. Um, there really should be some consolidation and downsizing in most IT organizations. Uh, when we have conversations with clients all the time that have two, three, four thousand applications in the environment, which in some cases may be right size, in other cases is probably far too much, um, because every application that's in an environment has a support cost, a management cost, and a maintenance cost associated with it. I want to look at this kind of more like, say, restaurant menus, right? The more items you have on your menu, the harder it is to support and serve all of that stuff. So what restaurants have done is they've shortened and, and reduced their menu size significantly over the course of the last few years, but they've also come up with ways to do multiple things with the same product. And that, that's where we need to look at, I think, in terms of applications. Do we need 10 applications that do the same thing? Do we need all of the different overhead that's involved with those? And how are we tracking and managing things that come into the environment? Is IT making the call or individual departments making the call? And this is really, going back to a previous comment, a reactionary view. Many organizations got super huge application footprints because they're reactionary and they're not thinking about things and planning things out in the most business-centric way. So it seems like things are much more complicated when it comes to seeing all the technology that you do have. Um, software is supposed to make th things hopefully simpler and, and, and be able to see things easier, but that it seems like as we add in more and more applications, it just gets more complex, right? So as a, as a follow-up, what are some examples of reducing that overall complexity, as, as you mentioned? No, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, like I said before, every application, tool, dashboard, whatever, that adds a layer of support and complexity to the environment. Um, so the goal should be to minimize all of this with a business-centric approach, understanding what you need. Instead of looking for a tool that's going to do something, let's look at how we're using the tools that we have from an organizational standpoint. Do we need everything that we have in the environment right now and how are we using it? Going back to like the restaurant menu example before, we use the vegetables to make the soup, but we also use the scraps and things like that to make the stocks later on. There are different ways to do things in an environment that makes sense. And, and this goes back to um, one of the things I talk to people about quite frequently is taking a view of IT rather than just a technical view, but taking a business view of IT from an end-to-end -end standpoint. Uh, before something comes into the environment, let's make sure that it makes business sense, solves a specific problem, and adds business value so that we're doing things the right way and doing things in a manageable way that we can get uh, proactive with rather than consistently being reactive. Yeah. So what about uh, user adoption and, and change management in this? Uh, what do organizations fail to consider from those perspectives when taking on these, these complex initiatives? I think sometimes they take a, more of an internal view. Um, you know, what sounds good in a boardroom may not always sound good when it goes out to the wider audience. So um, they have to look at it, like I said, does it make sense from a business standpoint? Does it improve productivity, reduce costs, solve the specific problem? And then once they understand how it's going to impact a business, they need to take a look at how users are going to use it or, or if users will use it. We've seen several cases where 
um, different productivity tools and things may have put in new environments. And our clients are asking us, nobody's using it. Why aren't they using it? There's answers to that that may have to do with how it was implemented, but there's also answers to that that have to do with organizational structure and change management and policies, procedures, and things like that. Another thing that's frequently overlooked is putting guardrails around how they're going to use it. We go back to that consumerization topic earlier. That's great, but there has to be guardrails in place because businesses have to maintain a certain amount of security and regulatory stances and things like that, that that mean they have to control things a little bit more than just a regular at-home user might. Um, So setting those guardrails, putting guidelines, understanding what the processes, procedures, and rules are around these new tools can have a big impact on how how, how productive users are with them. And then lastly, I think training is very, very important. Oftentimes, training is the thing that's cut out the earliest when it's actually probably the thing that's going to make the biggest positive impact on an environment and how that environment and the technology in that environment is used. One last question before we wrap up here. Um, you touched on on this throughout the both of your, your answers here, but... Um, talk to me a little bit about some of the work tech systems is doing in the digital workplace services space. We're, we're applying our technology expertise and our industry best practices, um, along with our strategic partnerships to each one of our clients' IT environments uh, to come up with a customized solution that's going to meet their specific needs. To cover a few a few areas around maturity roadmaps, we talked about building out that, that multi-year plan to enhance IT environments. We talked about budget justification and ROI estimates. Uh, but to give you an example of where we worked with one of our retail clients recently, their uh, C-suite brought in a team of our experts to partner uh, with them and it, long-term extensive strategic planning around enhancing their workplace services environment. Uh, we walked them through multiple pain points and, and building out issues in their environment. We helped them walk through budgeting and pricing out those types of, of pain points. And then we walked through uh, multiple solutions to each one of those pain points and help them uh, direct them down a path to, to choose the best solution for them. And now we're embarking on a on a multi-year uh, journey with that client to implement uh, the things that we planned out during our, our session. Uh, just to touch on uh, desktop engineering for a moment, we are helping clients uh, automate hundreds of applications, making those available to end users. Um, we're enabling user self-service uh, app store models. We're enabling uh, user self-service around support uh, issues. Um, we helped a client reduce their system build times by 50%, which uh, reduced the the strain on their IT staff, gave them more bandwidth to be able to focus on end users. Uh, it prepared systems faster for end users and got those devices out to the users uh, more quickly. We are helping clients manage Microsoft updates so that, quite frankly, those updates have become a, you know, a thing of the past for our clients. They don't even have to worry about those anymore. Tech Systems is able to come in and manage uh, Microsoft updates and get those pushed out through their environment without much impact at all. 
from a collaboration and productivity standpoint and the Microsoft 365 suite, uh, Google Workspaces, uh, we're making email and calendars and messaging and meetings available to users anywhere, any device. Uh, we are moving shared uh, data, shared files, collaboration rooms. We're uh, moving all that to the cloud for our, for our clients uh, to give increased accessibility. Uh, we're helping our users uh, our, and our clients increase their security profiles. Um, to meet, sometimes to meet regulatory constraints. From a support perspective, um, we are reducing uh, support costs through automation and analytics. Uh, we're helping our clients with procurement and asset management life cycles. And in one case, we are actually come al coming alongside one of our clients to take on some of their business as usual work. Um, so that we can allow uh, some of their in-house experts to focus more on enhancements. So just to show a little flexibility of how we can partner with our clients. At the end of the day, uh, Tech Systems is able to bring a full stack of workplace services to our clients. We're able to plug in uh, just the, the services that our clients might need uh, specifically. But honestly, it, it really... Uh, is a customized approach where we, we meet our clients where they are and then we help them chart a path to where they're going. Thank you both uh, so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way to keep up with what you and Tech Systems are doing in this space? So Greg, the best way to uh, reach us and stay abreast of, of what's going on at Tech Systems is at our uh, website, which is techsystems.com. Uh, but we are on all of the major social media outlets as well. Great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Dennis Temple and Tim Pomerleau from Tech Systems for joining the show. Learn more about Tech Systems and their perspective at techsystems.com. I'm Greg Kilstrom. Thanks for listening to the Agile World. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.